Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Do you want to become insanely successful? Do you want to be the go-to guru in your industry? Do you want to be talked about for all the right reasons? For over 40 years, Kevin Harrington has helped people just like you become significant influencers. Now he's broken the process down in the key person of influence roadmap, and it's yours for free. Just text KPI to him at 727-888-2100. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free step-by-step guide. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by Claire Kui. She's an international sales expert and speaker who has led multi-seven-figure sales teams to close over $7 million in high-ticket sales. She's got experience leading and consulting teams for multi-seven-figure entrepreneurs such as Lisa Nichols, Martin, Mastin Kip, Sage Levine. She's got unparalleled knowledge in teaching how to convert high-ticket sales without pushing or convincing. She teaches her clients and coaches how to have a permission-based sales conversation that results in consistent increased revenue so that coaches can confidently stand in their highest value. Super excited to have you here today, Claire. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Awesome. So let's go back in time. How did you get started? So I got started actually in the health and wellness niche and I was a personal trainer. I was a strength coach. I was in fact, one of the only female strength and conditioning coaches as a head coach in Denver public schools. And I've been featured in yoga journal. I had a lot of expertise uh, and I really sucked at sales. I was really not good at it. (laughs) And I knew that sales was kind of the key right? Where I could have 10 conversations and it didn't matter if I had a flood of leads, if I could convert all of them, then I could have a thriving business. So it was through having lots of repetitions. I I dove headfirst into learning as much as I could about sales. And I had the pleasure of being hired by other six and seven figure entrepreneurs to run their sales teams. And I got more and more experience, tons of repetition. And I am so proud to say that I have closed over $7 million in sales and helped other teams to do the same. That is awesome. Obviously the longer version of that journey, if it hasn't, should be in a book somewhere. (laughs) So what are some of the most common mistakes you see entrepreneurs making when it comes to increasing their high ticket sales conversion? So there's a couple of mistakes and I'll just go over a handful. So the biggest one is they think they hear no or they hear I can't afford it. And that's the end of the conversation. And it is a huge mistake. And I noticed so many coaches leaving money on the table because they actually just don't have 
a strategy or an, a roadmap to actually have that conversation because truly when you hear an objection or you hear something like they don't have the resources or the budget or the time, that's just actually the stepping stone into where the real conversation starts. So that's the first thing. Hearing no isn't the end of the road. Another mistake that I see entrepreneurs make is they just cannot stop talking. Just stop talking. <laughs> Just stop talking for a minute. And, and along with that, they're over explaining and that's where the convincing salesy pushiness comes in. Just give them a moment, give yourself a moment to kind of gather yourself and actually listen to what they're really saying. And I teach that in depth in the psychology of sales and in, in my intensive, because if you can actually stop talking and listen to what they're really saying, you'll be able to actually serve them more. And the last thing is just to be able to listen, really deeply listen to what they say they think they need. Sell them what they want, give them what they need. I think that's, we've heard that in some way, shape yeah, or form. Sell the sizzle, sell the, buy, you know, sell the lead with the sizzle, deliver the steak. Absolutely. And for some reason, uh, well, the reason is because money's involved, we kind of lose it. We forget that that's actually the most important thing is ultimately listening to our clients. And I teach in that place of being able to deeply listen to your clients so that you can actually lead them to their vision through the conversation they're having with you. Awesome. Okay. So you said a lot in that answer. Um, I'd love to unpack a number of those things. So you said we think as entrepreneurs or salespeople that when we hear no, when we hear I can't afford it, when we hear the excuse or the objection, that the conversation is over. And so many of us back away. Now, obviously, you know the statistics that sales are made after like the seventh con seventh attempt or whatever, and most people drop off after two or three. So could I rephrase what you said is salesmanship begins with no. Absolutely. And then you talked about having a plan. So what does that mean? Because a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we're flying by the seat of our pants. We're just pitching and we're hoping people say yes. What is a plan for the rest of that conversation? Yeah. So, well, the plan number one is I hope you have a script and I could probably take a walk outside and spit on a business coach. It has some version or generic skeleton of a script. And to be quite honest, that skeleton really works. Now, as you start to increase your prices, you're having higher ticket sales, upwards of five, 10, 25K I've sold packages for, uh, you wanna make sure that you have a script. And I, I, as I can tell, Seth, that you're very energized and so am I, and your energy, first of all, sales is 100% energy. There is strategy with that as well, but if you can show up and be all in, that's one strategy that really works. But we don't want to run out of energy. And a lot of clients that come to me, they're exhausted through their launch cycle or by having these 60 minute conversations that are pushing a program. And what having a plan does is you get to rely on the plan versus your energy. And you get to trust that your, if you understand the psychology of what's actually going on in the conversation, that you can lead them to a result that where they make a choice with you. So having a plan and not only having a plan to set up your conversation, so you're prepared, whatever they say, if it's yes, no, I got to think about it. I got to talk to my unicorn crystals. 
whatever I've heard that before, whatever they tend to say. And there's also for sure a roadmap on navigating objections, which most people, the big mistake again is they hear no. And you might know or have an idea that you have, you should say something when somebody says I can't afford it, but having a really clear plan and roadmap, which could start with, you know, one, one strategy I've heard said, and I don't always use, but I'll, I'll give that right now is, well, what's expensive to you? So let's yeah. say that somebody's a health coach, right? Is it expensive to you to get gastric bypass or to have a major surgery, or are you willing to invest in having some, uh, fitness training or wellness training to heal your gut. I mean, what's expensive to you? So a lot of times just one takeaway for your audience is be willing to get curious with that client of their perception. And a lot of times coaches lean back or they're, they don't want to push them and you don't have to push, but you can get curious. Okay. I like that. I like getting curious. That's definitely a different mindset. So I like that. Now you said what's expensive to you. I think that's really interesting to unpack because you also mentioned the, an even more important element, the whole in comparison to, you know, okay, is my $2,000 a month health and wellness weight loss program expensive? Well, how much is gastric bypass? What's your alternative? And I like that you picked in that example, obviously, very strategically, a <laughs> example, an alternative that was a lot more expensive, that is potentially life-threatening, as any surgery is, that had a significant recovery time. And I have always told, I'm not in the health and wellness space myself. We have clients who are. But I have always told, let's say, like my wife or her friends who are like, Oh, I'm gonna, I want a gastric bypass. Someone could just staple my stomach or whatever. And I said, you know, you could accomplish that on your own. You Absolutely. don't need the surgery. Just don't eat, just reduce your intake and you can shrink your stomach. Like if I do a water fast for a couple of days, I can then not eat the same amount of steak I did before because my stomach will revolt on me because it shrunk. Sorry, Absolutely. we went off on a whole tangent. So <laughs> water, so you mentioned you mentioned the expensive in comparison to what you mentioned some alternatives. What do you find? Obviously our entrepreneurs that you're coaching, they're dealing with some of those mental limiting beliefs, mm -hmm. right? You mentioned selling as a transference of emotion, right? If I'm, you don't really want to get this to you. Obviously I'm going to have a much lower conversion rate than, Oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. And will solve your problem sign here. So how do you get them through to identify what those limiting beliefs that are in their way are that mother, father, teacher, preacher, wherever they got it from that sales is bad, or how do you get them past that to actually take ownership, as you mentioned, to stand in their greatness and then charge what they're actually worth? I love this question. And it really kind of goes into most of the time. In fact, I've had countless thousands of sales conversations and very rarely do I ever not hear, I can't afford it, or it's not in the budget. I don't have the money right now. I don't have the resources. I can't open a credit card, like things like that. Right. So when, and typically that's going to be the very first objection. And uh, there are other objections, main core objections like time, where I got to think about it. But usually that's the time to actually explore what they do believe about money and asking them, well, what's expensive to you? Or, uh, another way I like to help navigate it is just 
again, using curiosity, that's kind of the main feeling that I invite instead of pushing or doing the, you know, coffee for closers kind of mentality of got to push them. And when you start to explore the money objection, one thing you want to do, because the money objection is always about value. So it's about the client's perception of value. So if they are going to invest, if they're going to put energy money in, they have to be really clear about what they're getting back. And so asking questions to get really curious about what's valuable to you, like what would you actually need from this program to make it worth your investment? And that way you start to suss out and tease out as the entrepreneur what that client is saying that they want, saying what they think they want. And that way you can address the, the value that they're thinking that they're not getting or they're actually truly asking you for. So just by getting curious with them about, well, what would you need to get from this program or from our, my service with you? What would you need to get to know that you're actually going to make it as an entrepreneur, as a health coach, as a whatever. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. So we are recording this during the height of the COVID pandemic mm -hmm. when everyone who is smart is pivoting in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And we went through this ourselves where we had two or three, what we normally sell via webinar. And we had two or three late March, early April, when everyone didn't know what anything that was going on, the kids were sent home and everybody was freaking out. And those first two or three during COVID webinars totally flopped. We normally do pretty well, but there was the first time I ever had more than one in a row where we totally struck out. And we emailed everybody and said, why didn't you buy? We called an email and said, what, what, what went wrong? And everyone was, I'm too scared. I can't spend money right now. I don't know what's going to happen. So we had to rewrite our webinars to address those objections up front so that people would A, stay till the end and B, we positioned it as this is the COVID survival program to address the elephant in the room right off the bat. So when you talk about you're rarely hearing some of those objections, is that because you've pre-qualified them so well that you know they've got the money? How does that work? How are you avoiding that so that you don't have that problem or that opportunity to overcome? Yeah, I love that you're saying that. And I actually have a really special gift for your audience, especially around closing during COVID. We'll talk more about that later. But one thing, yeah. So the, the sales conversation is, uh, I like to think of it as a compressed uh, version of a relationship where you're building a ton of trust. You're getting to know somebody. You're, you're understanding two main parts, which is their goals, like where they want to be, their vision, and also what's in the way. And there is a whole process that sets you up. It's like putting the, the, the baseball on the tee so you can hit the home run when it comes to objections. And there is a whole process where you are hopefully pre-qualifying them before they actually get on the phone, when they get on the phone. And also one thing that I know is so important, no matter what the crisis is, because guess what? We are living as humans in this world. If you're listening to this podcast and things are going to happen. There's going to be deaths in our families. There's going to be weddings. There's going to be holidays. There's going to be, you know, cake. <laughs> I don't know. There's going to be things that happen. And it's all, again, I do believe very strongly that uh, there, there's for sure a strategy and think of it like a map. So I'm in Denver, Colorado. There's, there's mountains all around here, the Rockies. 
and people do these crazy things like they go climb these 14ers. I don't know what's wrong with them. I personally, I'm really happy not, you know, climbing that high, but so there, there's two things that are really critical for climbing the mountain. And as entrepreneurs, I know we all know we are climbing mountains, we're scaling, we're up-leveling all the time. There's two things you need, and even specifically in a sales conversation and, and also as an entrepreneur in general, you for sure need a map. And you also need mindset. What do I mean by that? So you could have top-notch, you've spent... $200,000 Tony Robbins, your mindset is like rock solid, right? You, you got, you mastered your mind, but if you don't have the map, you might just be going side to side, sideways, sideways, sideways up the mountain. And it can be really exhausting. It can be disheartening, disappointing. And that's with top notch mindset. Now, the other thing you need is the map. Now you can have the map, but you know, as an entrepreneur, you're not going to make it unless you have a solid mindset that is going to accelerate you up to the level that you want to go. So for me, sales, the way I approach sales, you need the map and you also need the mindset. And I notice that a lot of entrepreneurs have these gaps where they might be very enthusiastic, energetic, and what tends to happen if they don't have a really solid map that's optimized for them, that's uh, specific for their audience, they're going to feel really tired. You could also have the right strategy, the right logistics, but if you don't understand your money mindset, and not only do you need to understand your money mindset, but when you can understand your buyer's money mindset and not just well, they must want this, like on a deep level through the conversation that you're setting up, it's, it's a recipe for magic. I really believe that. So you need both the map and the mindset. And I believe that not just for sales, but entrepreneurship in general. Awesome. I agree 100%. Let's talk about making sure we're in front. I know part of your program is making sure you're in front of the right people to begin with and Absolutely. not wasting time on people who are broke and don't want what you've got. So how are, I don't want you to spill all of the secret sauce, but give us a little bit in terms of how do you teach your folks to pre-qualify in an elegant way so that they are gently repelling the wrong people and magnetically attracting the right ones? Yeah. So I actually, I'm going to take a stand here because I think this might be also a little controversial maybe that Love I'm it. going to say. I, I'm going to say that usually most people kind of think they can't afford it or they're kind of broke and they could and typically are your ideal clients because, and I'll just, I'll just relate this back to when I was in health and wellness. So I thought I was going to be smart Seth. I thought I had my good entrepreneur brain on and I said, self, I'm going to, I'm going to market towards these, this very affluent community that lives in these mansions and, you know, they're, they're just, they've got it going on. Guess who is really hard to market and to sell to? <laughs> People that had a lot of money. Do you know why, Seth? Why? Because they're good with money. <laughs> they were very discretionary with how they actually spent money. And I actually found when I was in my health and wellness niche that most of my people would have this objection, but they just needed to be shown the value. 
So I kind of, I, I believe in both, right? Obviously getting somebody into your sphere of influence, your, 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 your realm is important that they're the right client. So obviously my ideal clients, the people that I serve the best are super clear on who they want to support. They are absolutely clear on their challenges and what they typically want. Now, I do think it's a little dangerous to, to start with the mindset. I don't want to work with people who think they're broken. There's a lot of people out there. There's a lot. I could, again, go outside take my dog for a walk and, and ask 10 people if they think they have discretionary spending right now. I guarantee, and I live in a pretty awesome neighborhood in downtown Denver that a lot of them would say no. All right. I, I think a couple of Rockies uh, athletes and Nuggets athletes live right across from me, but I guarantee they might be a little freaked out. Sure. So it's, it's kind of interesting. We start to examine our own money mindset of, I think that somebody's broke. Well, actually, you don't really know what is in their bank account unless you have that conversation and are willing to. And I will also say, if you are a slam banging entrepreneur, then people are going to pay. They're going to pay. They, they will pay to get out of their pain and they will pay to get what they want. We just have to be the leaders and show them the steps on how to get there. Awesome. So one more, I know your time's incredibly valuable. One more question before we get to the very special offer you prepared for our folks. So I think money is always in motion. People are always spending it even now on things that they either believe they have to have or that they want badly enough. For example, um, I was, I speak before COVID, spoke at a lot of conferences, seminars, on stage, a couple thousand people. And at one of them, uh, I was helping a friend set up his booth and I was pulling out parts of the trade show display from the bag and there was this little case and I, I didn't think it was a part. So I tossed it. I didn't throw it out, but like I tossed it somewhere else. And my friend saw this and freaked out on me. It was like, oh my God, how could you do that? I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And he ran and he grabbed it and he was like checking to make sure it was okay. And I'm like, what is that? And he's like, those are my pens. I'm like, Okay, so you're mad I tossed your 49 cent pick and you have it in a leather case? I don't understand. He's like, no, this is like $10,000. And there were like three or four Mont Blancs that were collectibles, like $10,000 worth of pens in this little leather case. I'm like, first of all, why do you have $10,000 in pens? And second, why are you carrying it around in this bag? Like, I don't get it. And those were his thing. Collectible, high-end, expensive pens were his passion. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got a thing that rational thought leaves, whether it's a Ferrari or baseball cards or whatever, that to them, it's worth it. And to someone else, they might think they're crazy. How do we position our thing as the thing that they should want divorce rational thought from buying where the price is no object? Got it. I mean, so then let's just take the example of your friend. So I would get curious with what's the friend's name? I'm, he probably watches the show. So we'll just say Mr. Smith, <laughs> Mr. Smith, Mr. Smith, like what is so amazing about this specific pen? Tell me about it. Oh, this pen has this special ink that's created from topless virgins on <sighs> Mount Cecilia. And I mean, whatever the case may oh be, God. right? I mean, like who knows? And how did you know about the top? <laughs> I know this Mr. Smith. I've seen these trade shows. He's oh got my these God. really good pens. But I mean, it's really just about, again, and as, a, as an entrepreneur, as a, 
good marketer, you want to be willing to understand what your client's perception of value is. Maybe it's the thing like, you know, the, get the pen, the special ink that's made right, right. in the special, special place in, in, in South America. I don't know, right. but it's really about just understanding what to them creates something unique, special that your program services or offering are going to give them and pointing them of like, okay, so the, I hear that you want this. This is the thing that you want. Uh, you want to have t consistent 10K months and you're really struggling with your email list and being able to generate consistent leads. So this is where my program, blah, 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 blah. It's just being able to understand what created that value for those pens and what creates the value for your clients. So you can use that within your script. And by the way, use a script. Do not go out there and wing it. Use a script and be able to weave that in this very structured, uh, trustworthy system that you have and also bring this organic nature of really, because people don't want to hear from a robot. They actually want to buy from you who doesn't sound like a robot, who's just reading words from a script. So being able to inject that value is something that you're doing because you're deeply listening, you're hearing what they want, you're saying, oh yeah, the pens, I totally get that. And being able to combine both of those pieces to show them that they should take you up on your offer. All right, that is a great answer. And I'm sure my wife will love the ink made by topless versions. <laughs> Fantastic. Hopefully she doesn't watch the end of the show. All right, we greatly appreciate your time. We know it's incredibly valuable. Tell us where we, our listeners and viewers can go to learn more about you and about the awesome offer you are going to about to make them. Yes. So I do have an incredible gift for your audience and I have what I call a little goodie bag. I don't know if you've gone to events and gotten a little goodie bag or a swag bag, but yep, I have one just for, your, yep, just for your listeners. So you can go to closesalesconsistently.com and at the top right corner, you can grab your goodie bag and guess what's inside the goodie bag. What's inside? It's, it's my special training on how to close during COVID. It's actually a training I did for another uh, seven-figure digital entrepreneur. It's incredible. I go over some definite strategies and some mindset pieces to actually work through the objection of, I can't right now. It's COVID. The world's exploding. Yeah. I don't know what to do. And I think your audience is really going to love it. So go to closesalesconsistently.com. In the right-hand upper corner, click grab your goodie bag and you get that training in your inbox. Awesome. We will send everyone to closesalesconsistently.com. This has been Seth Green with Claire Kui. Claire, thanks again so much for that awesome episode. Thank you. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. 
To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.